Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by the amazing Brie Tucker. Well, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? I need to do more, more reciprocation on this. And, and here is the uh, phenomenal, I like the word phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Joanne Crone. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You got to celebrate yes. it. You got to celebrate it. That's your like, Just that's, your, the like shoulders. that's like you're running down to the, uh, to the prices, right? Music. We all need that. We need more of that in our yes. daily lives. I think <laughs> we do. We need to accept the celebration. I would never forget when I was in high school, I had this friend April and she gave me a compliment and I told her all the reasons why I didn't deserve that compliment, which is very typical, very typical of people. And you just have to take the compliment and say, thank you. Thank you. Because I mean, that's so, I work I, we on have it. this conversation a lot. I, we work on it a lot. Like, I work on this. Like you gave me a compliment yesterday and I started to like, you're like, and I had to stop myself and I'm like, thank you very much for that. I genuinely appreciate it. It's good for mental health too, because if we don't acknowledge those wins, we only see the bad. So we really have to stop and say, thank you and let it sink in and be like, I am lovely. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) And then go on from there. And we're going to give you something else to celebrate today because one of the frequent things we hear from you, no guilt moms, is that you can't get your kids to help out. Hands up in the car, yeah. raise them like you just don't care. If your kids don't help out whoop, around the house, oh whoop, yeah. Whoop, it's all on me. Whoop, whoop. It's all on me. If I wasn't we, here, everything would fall apart. Do you feel like that? Everything would fall apart. Yes. It's a horrible mindset to get in. It's incredibly yeah. stressful when you feel like everything is on you. And so in this episode, we are going to tackle that. We're going to look at the reasons behind it as well as actually getting that off your shoulders for good. Yep. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. If you're doing all of your household tasks right now, and by the way, We actually have something to help you with this at balanceformoms.com. You probably think you're at a five right now in your house. And we want to tell you, you're probably a 12. And I'll prove it to you because you're going to go get this at Balance for Moms. Like do this even before you listen to the rest of the episode. Balanceformoms.com, home responsibility calculator. It's just like boxes you check off of what you do, your partner does, and your kids do. And then you're going to go into this episode knowing, oh my gosh, I do like 89% of the work in my house or, oh my gosh, I do like 75%. Like it's a lot. It's shocking. And it helps. I think, so let me just say this, like, I think it helps as someone that, and you've seen this happen to me all the time. When I get asked on the fly what I'm doing, I get a deer in headlights because all that I can think of in my head is, oh my God, this person is judging me. They think I do nothing. Mm-hmm. And okay, 
maybe sometimes that is what someone is thinking, but I feel like most of the time the other person is genuinely trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. But I can't get out of my head on that moment. So that's why like I love that checklist. Because it puts it out there on paper and it's like, "Oh wait, yeah, yeah." Or even if like you you do come up with it and you're like, "Okay, I do five things." And you don't realize that you actually do 205 things. Yes. Yes, so. it's a really good baseline. It'll give you something that you know, like, oh my gosh, like I am not delegating. I am doing everything myself. But let's get into why that might be happening a bit. Like, how did we get here? How did we do all these household activities? We mentioned in an earlier episode about this Instagram reel we saw. And I talk a lot about that parent conversation I heard my parents have where my mom was like, why can't you help me around the house? My dad says, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And my mom's like, why do I always have to tell you what to do? Um, And I think that we think that it's easier just doing it by ourselves instead of engaging in that conversation about what tasks to do. Well, it also can be exhausting when you have tried 15 different ways to fix the problem. Right. And the pro- yeah. and let's and just to be clear, the problem is you feel like nobody else in your family is consistently helping out unless you nag them, mm-hmm. scream at them, or just do it yourself. That's the only way stuff gets done. And mm-hmm. and we've tried everything. And you've you probably have tried like a million different things. You've tried the checklist, you've tried the chore list, you've tried the family meeting, you've tried talking to people, you've tried like bribing them with money. Like you've tried everything, but nothing's worked. And there's a reason. (laughs) And it's not your fault either that nothing's worked. All those systems are flawed. They're totally flawed. They all depend on, yeah, certain things. Yeah. They all depend on you. And why should you have all this responsibility if it is everybody's house? Like you have been sold a bad, a bad product when it says like, (laughs) the chore lists and the checklists and everything. Like it is not your fault. Um, And what we're suggesting is we are suggesting more of a team approach where it becomes everybody's responsibility and not just moms. And part of that starts with knowing that good self-care is good parenting. Mm -hmm. So taking care of yourself first and then going into this way of working together as a team. We're actually your entire family thinks of the chores together. You have an equal distribution or if not equal, a distribution that you're happy with between you and your partner living in the home. Or if you're a single parent, you have something where you're getting help in the home Mm -hmm. uh, so that it doesn't all rely on you because you don't deserve that. You don't deserve it. And we're going to get exactly in to how to do that right after this break. I've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs even on busy mornings. And oh my gosh, has it been busy lately. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel energized. Even like I still add the coffee on there because I like it a lot. AG1 
tastes really good too. And I enjoy my glass every single morning. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So when you're thinking about everything that you have to do in the house, the first part is, is that you shouldn't be thinking it alone. It is not just your house. It is everybody's house. Like that's really what we want everybody to do. We want them to take ownership of the tasks there. We want everybody to see if something is laying on the floor, they have to be just as equally invested in picking it up as you are. Now there's a little caveat there because kids will not be equally invested as you are. Like it just won't happen. They don't. Like We have an episode with Ned Johnson where he talks about this and he talks about how the stress level or the pain point for parents is at a much lower threshold than it is for kids. So we Mm -hmm. tend to get upset and worked up when something isn't done or when something's messy because our threshold is a five. But for our kids, their threshold is a 10. And so then we think that they don't even care, which they care. They're just not up to the same level of care as us yet. So yeah, they're not ready to do something about it yet. Like when my daughter leaves her heavy backpack right in the middle of the kitchen floor and all of us have to walk around it and she doesn't realize she has to move it. She's just not at that level yet where it's affecting her as much as it is affecting us because she sees it. She's like, I'll just walk around it. It's fine. Right. Where we're like, we just have to walk around it. It's not (laughs) fine. It's not fine. It's not fine at all. Right. So when you're sitting down and you're thinking of these, it's best to do it as a family. Have everyone there to talk about it. And the best way to do that, I think, is just a brainstorming brain dump. Like, let's talk about what needs to be done in this house. Yeah. And you'll contribute some things. And the surprising thing is everyone else will contribute things that you had no idea were being taken care of. None. 
I had that happen in my house. I had no idea my husband was thinking of certain things that he needed to do, especially the stuff that only gets done like on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Like those, that's stuff he does on his own. I have more of the daily routine tasks because I am home with the kids and those daily routine tasks drive me crazy. And because I have those daily routine tasks, and this is me going a little further on, but this is something to think about, no guilt moms. Because you have so many daily routine tasks, why not put some more tasks on your partner outside of that that you don't have to take care of? Okay, so here's an example. I am really rushing around all the time in my house during the weekday, okay. all the time, because the kids need driving someplace. Like just this afternoon, I'm going to be playing taxi to my daughter who has to be picked up from school. She has to be brought home so she can change. And then she has to go right back an hour later for her call time because it's a theater production tonight. Mm-hmm. Or I'm like taking them to dentist appointments. I just took them to dentist appointments during the week where I log my, like take my whole computer with me. I pack it in my bag. I do work from there. And I'm like going from thing to thing to thing all week. And so during the weekend, it's like, Joe, peace out. I step back yeah. from being that taxi driver all the time. Like it is not... I take a back seat, <laughs> back seat taxi driver. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I will specifically be like, hey, can you take them? Hey, can you take them? And then my husband is like, I'll take them. I'm good. I'll do that. So it's one of those things like if you are stuck with this responsibility that falls in the daily routine because you are home, I'm realizing now it's better just to accept that chain of events, but then to offload things where that you don't have to do. So that you get that space and that recovery time and that feeling that you are equally supported in the home. Right. And I love the fact too, that you both have a job, you both work, Mm -hmm. you are willing to take on the stuff that fits into your schedule better because of literally where you work. So like you're Mm -hmm. willing to, to take on the driving during the week because you work from home and you can do that you're closer to where the kids need to go. We'll just say it that way. By proximity, you are the go-to person. And I'm the boss who's going to tell me what to do. (laughs) Yes. But also on the weekends, then when you're both home from the work week that you both had, it is perfectly acceptable and fine to be like, hey, I took this load, this shift during the week. It's your shift over the weekend. But it it doesn't have to be said that way. It could be said more like, you know, I feel like I'm taking the shift during the week. How about you Mm -hmm. split it and you take it over the weekend? How does that sound? Yeah. And the conversation that we had is I'm like, I am so tired of playing taxi driver. Can you please take over the taxi driver stuff Yeah, the weekend? And he's like, yeah, totally. I like driving. Right? I'm like, cool. Like, most, well, it works. Yeah. Most of the time we do enjoy it at certain times. So I like this for a lot of reasons, this whole idea of sitting down with everybody. So the first idea is that you sit down with everybody and brain dump together as a family. And the reason mm-hmm. I like it also is because When we are really stressed out because the backpack keeps getting left in the middle of the floor, in that Mm -hmm. moment, when the backpack's in the middle of the floor and I am angry about it because my stress level is already at its max and it hasn't gotten to the max level for my kids, I may not be communicating that in the most clear, thoughtful, kind, how about respectful way? I might be more of like, get this damn thing off the floor and move it now. I almost fell and broke my neck. I don't know, like whatever, right? That's me. I'm dramatic. I'm dramatic. It happens. happens. But if it happens, right? But if I'm having this conversation, say during dinner, like, hey guys, we're going to talk about what needs to be done in the house because it's driving me bonkers and I don't like being cranky and y'all don't like me being cranky. Let's come up with a solution that's going to work. Then I can say at that time, you know, one thing that really bugs me is when we leave our stuff in the middle of the floor. 
And, yeah. and they can hear me say it in a calm, rational manner where they don't feel like they're having to defend themselves. And we'll figure out from there what has to happen next, whether or not it's something that has to be fixed or not fixed. But I mean, you're able to have that conversation without all the emotional blowout that can happen. Yeah, exactly. And I, it goes back to something that our friend Hunter Clark Field said in her book, Raising Good Humans, is that whose problem is it? Whose problem is it when things are a mess? Whose problem was it when things are on the floor? And the answer is actually really surprising because it's not your kid's problem. Your kids could care less. Yeah. Like they really could. They could care less. It is your problem. And what that does, it doesn't mean that you have to pick up the stuff, but it will change how you communicate about it. Yes. Because... So much of our thinking is like, you know, get this off the floor. Don't you want a clean house? The kids are like, no, it's fine. Yeah. When really, if it's our problem, coming to it and owning it and being like, hey, when I'm trying to cook dinner, I'm constantly tripping over this backpack on the floor. It is a real problem for me. Yeah. Can you help me with this? It's taken a lot differently by our kids well, but at I, that point. I love what you did in that thing. You explained it. And that's a big thing that they need. Mm-hmm. I, I know like with my kids, we have a rule in our house. Their space is their space. And I know that that's not probably a popular opinion for everybody, but I know you and I are kind of the same on this. Like your space is your oh, space. Yeah. I'm not going to nag you about cleaning your room. I only have a couple of basic rules. No food, no drink in your room overnight because I don't want bugs in there. All right. And let's all, mm-hmm. and like, and we talked about it. You agree you don't want roaches in your room either? Okay. So we all agreed we don't do that. Now, granted, does that get followed all the time? No, but it's pretty good. And my second thing mm-hmm. is like, I don't care how messy your floor is. I just want a clear path from your bed to the door if the house were to catch on fire. Like, that's it. Yeah. Basic safety. That's, basic safety. That's like the breezy anxiety just needs to know that if there were a fire, you could get out of your room. And both of my kids yeah. are okay with that. And one of them literally takes me to that word. There is just a small path from that person's bed to the door. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> and that is it. Exactly. And so once you have this list of things that need to be taken care of in the house, there is another step you need to take. And a lot of people skip over the little fine details that actually make delegation work. And we're going to dig into it right after this break. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. 
I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So those little fine details about tasks, it is usually skipped over in our houses. And honestly, it's actually skipped over in the work world as well. Yeah. Because when we don't have clear expectations in our own mind about what classifies a task as being done, and we don't communicate those expectations to other people, we're going to be unhappy, completely unhappy. So the thing we have to establish is there's actually like three points. There's who's doing it, Mm -hmm. what needs to be done, Mm -hmm. and here's the kicker, when it needs to be done by. Because we frequently stop at the who and what in the house, but we don't talk about the when and we don't give the task a deadline. So if we're telling our kids, oh, you need to clean up after dinner and we don't say, oh, it's by a certain time, anytime that night is after dinner. So, I mean, and teenagers in particular are going to be the ones who will poke holes so much in your expectations. Like they will find out where you are not explicit. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. They're like the best for training you on this. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Like I, I, I 100% agree. So like we've had this system in our house for a while where like everybody, we, we have the brain dump. Everybody takes a turn picking some items off the list of things that need to happen in terms of like chores. But this one is the one that would trip us up the most because I thought I was crystal clear. If your mm-hmm. chore is to vacuum, you have to vacuum before you leave the house to go to your dad's next week. Like that's, that's how our house works. But my idea of when that had to happen and their idea was totally different. And then I was like, okay, fine. We figured this out. It needs to happen on Thursday, right? Well, then what would happen is Thursday, like again, dinner time comes and the chores aren't done. And then I'm pissed off and I'm nagging at dinner time. Like, why didn't you do your chore? It's still Thursday. And I'm like, Uh what are you going to do it at 10 o'clock at night? Well, maybe. Why? Can I not? I'm like, so then I have to like explain. Right. So as an adult, you're like, well, yeah, I know what you do at 10 o'clock at night because I'm trying to sleep. We live in a condo. Our neighbor's trying to sleep like that's not an appropriate yeah. time. But those thoughts never even popped in their head. No, not at all. <laughs> no, never at all. Like we have the same thing with dishes. My daughter tells me all the time she hates me nagging and telling her what to do because she's like, I'm going to do it. She's, like, you don't have to remind me. She's your daughter. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yes. She is my daughter and Josh's as well. (laughs) We're both like that. So she's told me, she's like, I'll do it before I go to bed. And she goes to bed so much later than I do. So like, I've learned now that, okay, it's going to be done by the next morning. And it is. And she usually follows through with that. Yeah. But if you don't have that understanding and you don't have that set time, you can't hold people accountable Yeah. because they will always poke the holes back. So be clear on those details. Have the time when it needs to be done. For example, my son with his laundry. We all do our own laundry in our house. Same here. They have been yeah. since they were eight. Yeah. And you taught me that he, one actually, and I am so grateful. Yeah. 
It is amazing. Like I don't do anyone's laundry, but my own, I have a big basket of clothes to fold that are my own. So I like, I'm fine with that, but having them do their own laundry, my son likes to push the boundaries. And instead of doing his laundry, I'll notice he starts wearing shirts with little food things on them. And I'm like, Hmm, we might need to do the laundry, bud. Like, And so he still needs to be instructed in that. And he needs to be given a clear guideline, be like, Hey, you need to do the laundry before noon on Sunday, Mm -hmm. because that'll give him enough buffer time. If he starts before noon, it'll be done by the time he has to go to bed. We have to do the same thing in our household, but it's because we have, you know, four to five people here any given week. And Mm -hmm. that then the laundry becomes a commodity because everybody wants to do it on Sunday. And I'm like, okay, we can't do five people's laundry in one day. It just is not going to happen. So that one thing in particular is a really great thing to tell kids and you can work with them and be like, Mm -hmm. when should this be done? Because they need to have buy-in in it with it too. Right. However, with your partner, it needs to be handled differently because your partner is on equal footing with you. We have to remember that. And so (laughs) we have to remember that. And we have, uh, if we have not done an episode yet about delegating chores with your partner, we should do one, Bray. I think, I think we, we have not. I don't think we've done one specific about your partner. So that'll be, I'm making a note right a, now. I'm writing it yeah. down. Yeah. You cannot tell your partner a specific time. There's another process for that. We go into it a lot in balance, but it's, it's another process. It'll make them feel like they are uh, being patronized. <laughs> if you do that, kids need a little bit more direction because kids, the, those thoughts don't pop in their heads. But uh, your partner's on equal footing. Yeah. And then the third, the third thing and this you is, need to do this is the hardest kids, one. I think this is honestly the hardest one, one for mm-hmm. most people. Yeah. It's a step back. Let them do it. Let them fail. Let them experience the consequences of their behavior. And that could be really hard if their failure actually affects other people in the house. Yeah. Really hard. Like it, I mean, dishes in my house, I've just learned to accept it. Like I see all the reasons dishes are put off. And I think that's another thing. To really step back, you need to be able to first assume that they are reasonable and rational people who don't want to piss you off. Like they really don't. And I say don't want to piss you off because so many of our assumptions are like, they're lazy, they're irresponsible, they're all of these things. And if I just ground them, then that'll fix the issue, Brie. Yeah. And it doesn't. Because again, like you said, in general human nature, we're not trying to be bad people. We're not trying to make other people angry. Again, there's normally a reason. There's a reason and there's a story behind it. So if you can figure out what their story is, then you're going to be able to step back a lot easier. So for example, with the dishes, I can very much identify with why they don't do the dishes. Dishes suck. Yeah, they really do. They, Mine's the bathrooms. I put them off too. I hate cleaning the bathrooms. I put them off so much. <laughs> yeah. And like you see it from their point of view, instead of just something that needs to be done, seeing, oh, this is a boring, mundane task that I really don't want to do myself. Mm -hmm. And I understand this. I understand this. And yet we do still need to do it because we need clean dishes. Yep. And we want to eat off clean silverware. So when we step back, we're actually able to have those conversations with them. Like there was a thing where we had dinner the other night and it was scavenging night because it's where we eat leftovers. We call it scavenging. And 
make it fun. Like you're just, at, yeah, you're able to eat whatever you want to eat. You just look to see if it's in the fridge and then you grab it and scavenging. And I took the last clean spoon. It's my son's job to load the dishwasher. And I didn't tell him, oh, you have to clean a spoon or anything like that. I just let him figure it out for himself. And he was like, oh, there's no clean spoons. I'll just eat with my hands. Oh, <laughs> and my that's what God. he does. He eats with his hands. And so we do have that conversation then. And we're like, okay, so you're okay with eating with your hands, but let's talk about the rest of us. I am not okay with eating with my hands. It makes me so upset when I have to go clean the dishes. Can you please put them in the dishwasher? And he's like, yeah, after I eat, I'll go put them in the dishwasher. Right. And that's how we get through it. And we get to have those conversations and it's not grounding. It's just a conversation. Well, and it also like, so... Again, the stepping back is one of the hardest pieces of the delegating chores to other people in the family because nobody likes being hovered over and being Mm -hmm. told what to do, no matter how old they are. So I like how you had that. You could have just said to him, do you need to wash the dishes? But instead you were Mm -hmm. like telling him from my perspective, I don't like doing that. And it frustrates me. And he could understand that. He could relate. He's like, yeah, okay. I hear you on that one. That's way different than like, it's your job to do the dishes. Why are they not done? Right? Yeah. There's that for starters. Asking them over and over and over and over again just irritates them. It makes them almost not want to do it. Just At least it does for me. <laughs> just a spite. Just a yeah. spite. But then also like giving them like a big thing too, with especially with our kids, letting them know when we notice that they're doing a good job. Hey, yes. we noticed that you have been getting your chores done, like of the dishes or the vacuuming or putting your backpack away in your room. And I just want you to know that I really appreciate that. Yeah. So something I did that actually worked with my daughter. So saying those things, they're like, oh, stop being so cringy, mom. Stop I was going to so say, cringy. if it's a teen, you get up. Yeah. Whatever. But- what I did instead is I wrote her a note. And I wrote all of those things in a note and I wrote all those things like I value in her. And like, I even went even more cringy than I would do verbally because I want her to know this. And then I just gave her the note and walked away and she read it and she didn't say anything about it for a while. But then like five hours later, six hours later, she's like, I did appreciate the note. Thank you. And so it's getting it. So like teens do appreciate the comments. And everybody, I think, appreciates it, but it feels so foreign. And especially if you're used to being really hard and self-critical on yourself, that we're almost programmed to not accept it at first, to say it's cringy because it's like all those feelings we're just not used to feeling. Yeah. But a note works. Write it in a note and you will see they do appreciate it and they do like it. I'd say whatever method you can, just letting them know that you see it. Mm-hmm have it be genuine. Genuinely, Mm -hmm. I really do appreciate what you did. And then that's it. Mm -hmm. Like if there's one thing I have learned recently, it's that coming in with agenda kills it faster than anything else. It does. So just- And they could smell that agenda. Right. So far away. You're not Mm -hmm. fishing for them to come back and say, oh, thank you, mom. I'm so happy you you noticed that. You're not, no. You're just giving them the I note. And think of it like you are just depositing in their positive self-esteem bank. Yeah, you're letting them that's know. What you're doing. Yeah, you're just depositing that that you know that they're capable and that they can do things, and then exactly. you walk away. You walk away. That's a great comment about the agenda. Yeah, yeah, it's just putting it in their positive self esteem bank. That's what they need. Yep, a lot of times. Yep. So we want to see you delegate. Tell us how you do it, and remember, 
The best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.